my name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream. So it was basically like being the doll in a claw machine. I interview the rare few who make their living in the world of entertainment. I always sang in the same way that every little girl will sing into a hairbrush, because that's what we do. Special thanks to Phil Ranton, the Comedy Podcast Network, artwork by Tom Burns, original music by Diana Lawrence. An expense account, so you eat in the restaurant and get the most expensive thing you can. Send me an email, livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. Love that, but I would come home and just cry. And we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. Why didn't I have kids? Why, why didn't I marry somebody? This is episode number 19. I speak with professional actor and singer Megan Maroney. All right, Living the Dream, I have with me Megan Maroney, the actor, the singer, the uh, consummate... Uh, uh, Jill of all trades. Jill of all <laughs> trades. I like that. Very good. Thank you for coming on the show. I'm pleased to be here. Now, you, uh, are, you've been making a living as an entertainer for... When did you, like start was it out of college or uh, start making a living or start being a performer well let's uh, let's go back to start being a performer uh, when I was a child which is when everything starts I think um, I would about an hour before my father came home from work get construction paper and crayons and tape and run into my room and I would make myself a different animal with all of these things. And we're talking like five-ish. And so every day he would have to, God help him, guess whatever animal I was trying to be when he came home from work. Uh, And as I got slightly older, seven, eight, nine, etc., I used to watch whatever TV series I enjoyed, and then I would run into my room and I would reenact the entire series, but I'd write myself in as a character. I wouldn't, I wouldn't play a character that had already existed. I would write one in for myself. So you were doing fan fiction. I was doing fan fiction before I could, uh, you know, write essays and such. But yeah, yeah right. uh, so that uh, as far as being able to make a living for it, uh, with it, um, probably I, I got my first professional gig when I was 21. And I haven't had to go back to a mall job or a waiting tables job or any job that didn't involve something to do with performance uh, for probably the last 15 years. Wow. So, no, that doesn't mean it's not coming. You always expect it to show well, up again. But I've sure. been, I've had a very good run at, at the past 15 years where I haven't had to do anything else that wasn't at least tangentially uh, toward performance of some sort. Excellent. Uh, so I assume, based on that story, that as a little kid, you pretty much knew what you wanted to do. I didn't actually. I just was. I I grew up in a household full of adults. My my siblings were considerably older than I was, and I didn't have a lot of friends at school. So I was kind of left to my own devices, and so I I lived a lot through books and imagination and things I would create and whatever. And I didn't actually realize you could do that, because to me people were uh, in the movies, they weren't actually actors I didn't really understand the difference Um, until I got to high school and in Brevard County, and they've done away with this program and I shake my fist in the air uh, every summer for an elective they would take all the high schools in Brevard County Florida, 
and they would split it into the north and the south areas of the high schools. And for an elective credit, you would go put on a musical with other kids from other high schools. Okay. And that was the first time I ever performed in a a non bedroom environment which sounds really dirty but what yeah. I mean is what I mean is uh, it was uh, it was a script and there were costumes and there was music and there was everything else and then I realized oh this is how it works and then I started doing community theater and community theater led to a job offer professionally which led to me starting to do more and more auditions and I just so, sort of fell into it uh, not fell into it I mean I sought it out but I didn't I didn't know it was an option until uh-huh. my high school years. And once you figured out it was an option, is is that when you were like, yes, please? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've heard this before, probably on your podcast. If not, I'm sure people listening to it have of the, if there is anything else you can do, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't get the same enjoyment level out of doing anything else. And it, seems for the most part to come naturally to me and I think I'm inherently lazy so I do what comes naturally to me and and people keep paying me to do it so I'm going to blame them and not myself (laughs) they're your enablers (laughs) they are they are supporting the crack fair enough they are buying my drug um before you kind of thought this was an option, did you have other plans in life? Or were you too young to even really think about... Um, in high school, I always... I, I think I wanted to to either be a lawyer, uh, which, again, in its own way, involves sort of performance and research and memorization. And I, and I also really liked the thought of being uh, a journalist... Uh, but again, it all had to go back to, to language and, and learning and, and having some sort of group of people listening to me speak, I suppose, a captive yeah. audience. Um, and then I realized how much work lawyers had to do, and I was like, screw that. I, I only want to learn things that I find interesting. And so that went by the wayside real fast. Yeah. Uh, a communications degree hung on for a little longer, and then eventually I was like, what can I graduate with right now? <laughs> what what will get me out? So uh, basically liberal arts, and I was done, and I didn't need another math class. There you so, go. And I was out. <laughs> um, so you, you started your career in Florida, and you know basically, mm-hmm. even though you're on a ship in Hawaii right now, you... Have your careers been based out of Florida? Sure, the whole I, time. I grew up in Florida, so that's always uh, been home base for me. Um, I I grew up in Broward County, as I mentioned earlier, in Cocoa, Florida. Uh, but I moved to Orlando uh, after my first cruise ship gig, actually, and um, have been there ever since because Orlando is a great hub where you can fly cheaply to other states to audition for shows that you want to be seen for. Uh, including ones in New York, and where, because of the theme park industry and the convention industry, there's always opportunity for performers to pick up a gig on a weekend and, you know, make the occasional 50 to 100 bucks that will stave off your power bill. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I certainly before meeting you, I didn't even realize this, but, you know, when I was starting as an actor, I thought you had your holy trinity, at least in the United States, of mm-hmm. L.A., New York... Chicago, Chicago yeah. uh, and even not as much that, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think a lot of people probably realize that Orlando is a place where you can make a living doing uh, what you want to do. Absolutely. And uh, and I, I don't mean this as condescending as it will sound, but I always refer to it as fast food theater. 
um, the people that I work with at Disney World, the people I work with at Universal are some of the most talented performers I've ever known. Wow. But they... Uh, they are willing to many the, the most talented ones have been there for you know 20 25 years mm. um and there's no guarantee that you'll get renewed from year to year there's no guarantee about anything in performance but these people are good enough to have done so and so they have made Orlando their home base uh in the literal sense of home they've got their spouses and their kids and their houses and their mortgage and they work 40 hours a week performing um, which means that it, as far as uh, theater and, and equity contracts and things like that, I mean, Orlando has a huge preponderance of actors and performers and improv artists and singers that can make a living, and, and that puts us in a really high five percentile. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, compared to New York, where people are, uh, and again, actors are working in New York, of course. But there are long down periods of temping between shows. My yeah. my temping is performing, mm-hmm. and there aren't many cities that allow your day job or your go to job to also be performance. I mean, I prefer to do fourth wall theater. That's what I love. That's what makes me the happiest is not seeing the audience. But and when you say fourth wall theater, just mm-hmm. to make sure, does that mean theater on stage? Uh, fourth wall theater. Uh, in theater, uh, the fourth wall is the wall, the invisible wall between you and the audience. Okay. When you were doing a script, when you were doing a play, a musical uh, that has no improv elements whatsoever, where if somebody coughs and sneezes in the front row, you don't even cast an eye to them because they don't exist. They're behind the fourth wall. Got it. Uh, you are doing your script. That is where I'm happiest because that is where I can reside with the coterie of actors that I'm working with. And I don't have to conform to an offer from an audience member. Yeah. Uh, at Disney, at Universal, all the jobs I have there are interactive and, and of course, specifically so. So you change your, your structure or your intent or, or what you are going to do based on the six-year-old or the six-year-old's mom in front of you that's saying something to you while you're doing something else. So, sure, I get you. Yeah, so it's it's quieter. Fourth Wall <laughs> Theater is quieter in its own way. Well, absolutely. Less buzz. I think uh, it's probably not near as many people go to the theater in this country as, as I would like or as you would like probably. But <laughs> God knows. But I think the people that do tend to respect the idea that it's mm-hmm. it's like, it's not like watching television, but it is in the <laughs> fact that what you watch on television is going to happen no matter what no matter, happens in the audience. Yes. I mean, barring a fire. Right. Or something like that. Godot is never going to enter. That's the point. Yeah. If Godot enters, you can't call it waiting for Godot anymore. Well. And then it's not the same play. <laughs> true. Now, uh, m- most of your work, uh, at least, and I think, is has been musical-based. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you've done other acting, but a, right. a lot of it is singing. Did you know you could sing growing up? Did, was singing coming before the acting? Where did singing come into your life? Uh, I always sang in the same way that every little girl will sing into a hairbrush, because that's what we do. Um, I, I did not know sec- that. The secret's out. Uh, Didn't have any younger sisters. Uh, so. But um, I don't really have any vocal training. I, I've certainly had voice class- classes. I've gone to some vocal coaches, but I don't have any real technique. I just kept getting hired to sing. 
Wow. And so again, they're my enablers. Um, but it's it's one of those things that I used to just put on uh, musical albums, records that we had in the house, and I would sing along with every female role and some of the male roles on there. And I think I think I didn't know enough to be dangerous in the fact that I didn't know if I was a soprano or an alto or where my vocal part lay. I just matched pitch. Mm. So I had an incredible instrument until I started getting training and then realized, oh, this is where my voice sits. I shouldn't be able to hit that note. Oh, Uh-oh. no. Now psychology's gotten in the way and I can't hit it anymore. Uh-oh. Uh, so Once once the uh, coyote realizes <laughs> it, there's nothing one, beneath him, that's yep. when he falls. And so I held up my little sign that said, yikes, and, and uh, became oh. an alto mezzo-soprano. And uh, But, I mean, was, was there any time where... Like, did you want to be a singer before you wanted to be an actor? No. If I... I love... I love to sing, and I love that I can sing. Or that people think I can sing. Um, (laughs) Well, they're the ones that count. Because there's not a lot of buffalo going on. (laughs) Exactly. But they think you've got a terrible voice. Well, it's true. I'm not good with the buffalo demographic. Fortunately, Florida's flat. Seagulls love me. That's great. Um, But... uh, I don't ever want to not be able to sing, but I would be happy doing straight plays for the rest of my life. It's just that musical theater pays the rent. Um, more theaters do musicals. Uh, more theaters make money on musicals than they do. More of a hook. It's true. I mean, if you put uh, a fabulous production of Uncle Vanya up against a fabulous production of Hairspray... Hairspray is going to sell out, and Uncle Vanya, you're going to be offering two for one tickets. Sadly, yeah, and and it's and it's a heartbreak. Um, and I hope that everything sort of pendulums out. Uh, and I love both. I I love both things. I would happily be in a production of Hairspray and enjoy the crap out of it. Sure, but I love words. I love speaking, and I love the connection that you get in a straight play. Um. And I don't get to do them that often. So if I could make my living doing just that, I'd, I'd be all over it. What was your first uh, paying job? You said uh, you got about 21. <laughs> my was... first paying job was in a production of Bajour, a Broadway musical that is never done anymore. Um, and after doing it, we know why, where I played someone's mother and I was 22 years old and she was 24. Ah! And I don't know how to do age makeup, so I looked awful. But for a while, the checks cleared, and then the checks didn't clear at that theater, and we all went into a lot of debt. But I had professional credits on my resume at that point, so I was able to find other work. So you said it was on Broadway? <laughs> no, uh, the the show premiered on Broadway. This yeah. was a very small regional uh, production of it. Uh, it. It has some good songs, but I can I can see why it didn't go very far yeah. after it left Broadway. Fair enough. <laughs> so after you get done with that, were, like, how did you, did you just say, well, I'm just going to keep auditioning for stuff? Or what was your kind of game plan? <laughs> I was in my 20s. I didn't have a game plan. Uh-huh. Who has what in your 20s? Um, I just figured I would keep doing whatever kept me performing, whether there was money involved or not. So, you know, you work in a blockbuster so you can do community theater um, because they've got a really great season coming up. Um, 
But I would go to all the uh, unified auditions in Florida or the Southeast. We have the Southeastern Theater Conference auditions. We have uh, the Florida Professional Theater auditions. Um, there's uh, Upta Unified Theater. Yeah, Unified Professional Theater auditions. All of these happen uh, as one big conference where you show up and you have 60 seconds to do a monologue um, and 16 bars of a song, or they give you a minute and a half, it depends on, on how it works, to do a monologue and a song, or just a monologue, or just a song. And uh, you pay your money to go, and ostensibly there will be groups of uh, theaters there with a representative to watch you, and you will show up, and you will sing your song, and you will do your monologue, and then you will wait for three hours until they post callbacks, and you will hope that you are called back, and then you will go take whatever job is offered to you because you're 20 and you think that that's what you need to do. And when you're 20, that is what you need to do. So you do it. Fair. Um, yeah. What? Uh, so you've you've done theater all over the country mm-hmm. then. Um, like, and has that ever bothered you to just be like, well, I'm not going to be in Orlando for et cetera amount of months? Uh, it, it gets hard. Um for example, this contract has been, uh, this ship contract has been really hard for me. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been away for more than a couple of months at a clip. Uh. And a couple months is great. I, I always say that I love living in Orlando, but I love to leave Orlando. And I do. I love traveling on somebody else's dime. I love getting a job out of state where they're going to pay me travel and house me so I can get to see what uh, Cleveland is like or Lancaster, Pennsylvania or or Hawaii, sure. which I would never be able to afford to go to unless a job happened that brought me here. Um, but I, I, I can get very sedentary and I, I like to be surrounded by the familiar and by that I mean I like driving in my car and sleeping in my bed and having my stuff around me and if the weather gets cold I want to know where my favorite purple sweater is and not go oh I should have packed my sweater sure, yeah. um, so it, it gets hard and there's a lot of compromise involved um, I have many friends who are happily in relationships that make it work but I've been so transient my entire adult life that that really isn't an option yeah. And there comes a point where you're like, ooh, maybe I should have made that an option. <laughs> uh, and then by that time, you're like, I guess the only option is to stay in one place, but I'm not built that way. And and so it's it's all a series of checks and balances. And, yeah. and one day I'll be like, I don't need anybody. I'm fabulous. And then, you know, the next week I'm like, why didn't I have kids? Why, why didn't I marry somebody? You know, so basically actors are bipolar and nothing pleases them. If you have straight hair, you want curly apparently, but, um, but, uh, it doesn't bother me to travel. It bothers me to be away from what I love for a very long time. Where's been like the, your favorite place or, or you don't have to say favorite, but like, uh, or have been some cool places that you've gotten to go to because of your skills? Uh, I did a cruise ship that did Eastern and Western Caribbean, which allows me to know that I hate the Bahamas. And a lot of people never get the opportunity to know that they hate the Bahamas. Well, that's so nice that you... All, yeah. all, ed- all information is good. Absolutely. Um, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, phenomenal. Gorgeous opera house uh, there, the Fulton Theater, built in 18... 18- 
50? Oh, my dates are wrong. Somebody can correct me later. Um, built on the site of a, a horrible Indian massacre, as in the Indians were massacred. Sad story. Oh. But the theater is uh, amazing. <laughs> uh, look, you know. All the haunted uh, spirits uh, really no, add to no, the experience. The, the place is crazy haunted. Oh, wow. um, but uh, that, um, because I again, grew up in Florida, so anything to the north, anything with rocks and brooks and falling leaves, I love. Uh, I performed with Cleveland Opera, which is sadly now defunct. Um, and uh, that was amazing. Cleveland is gets crapped on a lot as far as being the butt of jokes, but the buildings and the museums and the fact that everybody who was worth bajillions of dollars at the turn of the century uh, did so much philanthropy there. And there, there's houses, and, and it's stunning. There are aspects of Cleveland that are stunning, and they've got Playhouse Row, and that's phenomenal as well. And then, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to do New York, and, and people love New York. I love New York in small doses. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I've done... Uh, conventions in Palm Springs and stayed at the most expensive hotels that I didn't get to enjoy because I was a wacky character and I had to be in rehearsal. But they put me up in them and it was awesome. Yeah. Um, so comfy bed, comfy, comfy bed, bed. <laughs> good bathtub, and uh, an expense account so you eat in the restaurant and get the most expensive thing you can. There you go. So I, I mean, everything's a, a payoff. I've had a lot of great opportunities with all of that. Um, I haven't. I haven't been able to do uh, tours, so I haven't done shows overseas, and I haven't done Mediterranean cruises or anything like that, but uh, I'd love that opportunity. So, so if you know, you're listening to this and absolutely. you've got a tour that's going through Europe, or if you we need have a mezzo perfect ready. And ready to go. Uh, short, curvy redhead. I, I do a lot of character roles. So let's talk about New York for a second. So you are my uh, first guest, uh, only guest so far, who has done Broadway. Uh, yes. Which is, uh, you know, I, I think maybe, and I don't know for sure, but I think people who, who don't know much about the theater world mm-hmm. or are in it, just assume that, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, people, some you might do a show here and they might do a show on Broadway. But Broadway is mm-hmm. insanely tough to get into. Absolutely. It and, is. And you did it. I I did. Um, and it's, First of all, good job. Oh, thank you. I will take the, the verbal pat on the back. So, uh, tell us about it. What, was, what happened? <laughs> well, this is, this is the funny part of the story. Um, Mamma Mia... Uh, which is at the Winter Garden Theater. It was Cats, but now it's Mamma Mia, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, auditioned in Orlando. Uh, I went to the audition in Orlando because Mamma Mia was opening a a company, uh, a production uh, of, of the show in Vegas. Oh, okay. And Vegas is, my understanding, not dissimilar to Orlando in that you can have a life there. You live outside the city, and you can go to grocery stores, and you can get big gulps at a 7-Eleven, and you can drive a car and have a pet and things like that. Sure. Also, uh, the Vegas Mamma Mia company was going to give per diem, which is uh, above and beyond your paycheck. It's money to live on, and your housing. 
So I was like, this is awesome. I want to go to Vegas. You're going to pay for me to come there. And, and, live, and live there, there for a year. And, and that give exactly. me a salary and give me living and expenses. And give me living expenses for a year. That's a pretty sweet gig. It is a sweet gig. And that is why I showed up for this, this uh, audition call that they had. Uh, now, mind you, you really should go by the breakdowns of auditions and what they say they're looking for. That being said, I did not and got a job. What they were looking for was uh, early 20s who could dance uh, to be in the ensemble. Um, I was in my early 30s, uh, and I am not a dancer at okay. all. But I went anyway because I knew I wouldn't be so bad that they'd remember me as that horrible girl from Orlando. Uh, at worst, I would just be mediocre and get cut right away. So I was like, okay, awesome. That I can live with. And so I showed up, and they just kept keeping me and keeping me and keeping me. And the next day, they brought me in. They sent me home with music, and they were like, come back and sing this for us. And uh, it was great, and it went over really well. And I was like, well, oh, this is weird. Um, and then two days later, they called and offered me a contract on Broadway, but I had wanted Vegas. <laughs> and but I, I don't want to do Broadway. I, and I realize what this sounds like as I say it, but here's the thing. I was uh, had just signed a contract at Universal. Uh, and, and here's the, They wanted me to come to Broadway in two weeks. Oh. They were like, we need you here in 14 days. Wow. And I was like, I, I can't. I just re-signed my lease. I just bought a car. I just signed a contract with Universal, the Vegas cast wasn't going to start for six months. Mm. So there was a, a timeline in there that in my head was going to be perfect. Uh, and they were like, okay, we can give you 17 days, but that's it. Wow. And they were like, now you've lived in the city before, right? And I was like, no, I've never been to New York. And they were like, oh, well, we can get you. And I said, can you help with relocation expenses? And they were like, no, we don't do that. I'm like, but I don't live there, and I don't have time to fly up and find a place to live. And they were like, well, we can get you a discount on a hotel in Times Square. Now, I will stop the story to say right here that uh, all of the people that are involved with Mamma Mia are awesome. That is not me covering my ass. I don't need to. They're, they're wonderful people. It's just that I was completely overwhelmed. And what I wanted was for Broadway to put a moving truck in front of my apartment and drive all my stuff to somewhere, now I know probably in Washington Heights or Queens, where I would have been very happy. But instead... Well, it, I mean, it doesn't it, seem ridiculous. Like, to me, I don't, I don't know much about it, but, like, Vegas, if Vegas is going to pay for you to stay in a place and have per diem, I, it's surely Broadway, like... It, and, but they don't because the bulk of the the people that audition there already live in New York. Their lives are already established. And in is New that York. like a Broadway standard? Kind of, yeah. I mean, unless they're going to job in a star or or a sure. lead for their yeah, show, yeah. in which case, of course, that's going to be negotiated through agents and everything else. But I don't have an agent, sure. And so I didn't have anybody that could put any muscle on them. It was just me on a phone going, "No, for real though, I." I don't even know how to get there, yeah. you know, and so um, I I made it happen because if you get the offer of a Broadway show, you take it. Sure. If you're a performer, there you you don't not. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, but but it was it was incredibly jarring, and it it was incredibly expensive. Uh, because, of course, New York uh, state and city taxes and just the simple cost of living in the city is incredibly expensive. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, and, and even though you're well paid on a production contract, you're losing a lot of money in taxes. And I made the mistake of trying to live in two places because, again, I just re-signed a lease on my, co- on my sure. house. And the other thing is, too, you, you have a... a, a a probationary period where you could be remarkably untalented and or crazy and they could decide that you need to not be in their show anymore and they can send you home which is their right because you might be untalented or crazy yeah, uh, and you didn't want to not have a place and you don't want to have and so I was paying rent there and paying rent uh, I was living in Sutton Foster's room actually she just won the Tony for Millie any musical theater people will know that who that is but uh, I rented her room from the person who was subletting from her. So I saw her mail. So I've seen the mail of a Tony winner sitting on the well, kitchen table. Big. I've seen her electric bill. Um, that but should anyway, be on your resume. Uh, Sutton Foster's electric bill cited special skills. Um, but uh, it was incredibly overwhelming and it was uh, very hard for me. I have a lot of friends in New York now. I didn't then. So it was basically like being the doll in a claw machine. I just got picked up and dropped into a completely unfamiliar place with nobody that I knew. Um, And, like I said, everybody in the show was great. They were wonderful. But they had their lives in New York, and I didn't. And I was in rehearsals all day. And I normally love that, but I would come home and just cry because I was... I, I, I didn't see the sun or the moon for several months and I would rehearse all day and then do my show at night and then start all over the next day and on my one day off uh, like every other week I'd try to fly home to Orlando and and see my boyfriend at the time and you know keep in touch with my parents and sleep in my own bed and and it was it was a lot I could do it now I was not prepared for it then I could have done Vegas if you're, if you're listening, Mamma Mia, I would have been great in Vegas, but um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was it was a really awkward time. But yes, I did it, and, and I am great. proud that I did it. And, and I'm assuming having Broadway on your resume it, helps. It don't hurt. Like other theaters go, well, you are you're on Broadway. Broadway, yeah. But then they always ask about it, and then I tell them basically the long rambling story that I've just told all of you guys. And, and then they're, they're like, like, "Cool, well, uh, we don't have time to listen to a monologue." So. Exactly, exactly. And they send me away, but sometimes Fair I get enough. to work anyway. I feel like there's a million things we talk about, um, but there's only so much time. So I'll just uh, ask this: Do you have any idea why they were, uh, if a group out of New York wants to, why were they coming to Orlando to audition? Because Broadway knows that if you want a lot of good musical theater performers, Orlando is a good place to go because really? of Disney and theme parks. Really? Absolutely. You're the, the best kept secret. Uh, but New really York are. is in on that secret. Uh, many are because uh, while, like you said, uh, Los Angeles, uh, Chicago, New York uh, are considered the big three as far as theater is concerned, they're all very different vibe. L.A. has 
uh, not that much theater, but it's all the film industry, or that's what it's known for. Yes, sure. there's theater there, of course. Um, Chicago is mostly theater-based. New York is mostly theater-based with some TV and film thrown into the mix. But Orlando, even though people look down more on theme park performers than they do on musical theater performers, unfairly, I might add, <laughs> um, it, it that's where you're going to find triple threats. You're going to yeah. find people who can act and sing and dance. Disney doesn't play. It hires good people. Good to know. And uh, so if you're looking to cast young triple threats to be in your ensemble and you've exhausted everything you've seen in New York... You're gonna come to Florida. You're gonna check it out. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, well, happens when I when I produce a musical. Probably not gonna happen. But if I do, well, I will know where to go. The Rich Baker Basement Musical Theater, I'm sure, is going to be it, exceptional. Uh, doesn't seat a lot of people. And sure. The, and the acoustics aren't that great. No, I performed in a former Piggly but it's Wiggly. Intimate. But it is. In, intimate. It is intimate. And uh, the roaches enjoy it. You and uh, you've already got so you're on this cruise ship now, but you've already got stuff lined up for uh, when you're gone. Yes, well, I do. You've already uh, had some like a role and and some other things going on. Yep, I'm very lucky that I I have uh, some good voiceover clients that use me a lot. Uh, I wish I had more. If anyone knows how to break into voiceovers, please let me know. I do some, but not a lot. <laughs> uh, and. I have a gig waiting for me in Orlando when I get back in March with That's the Orlando amazing. Philharmonic. It is amazing, and I'm insanely grateful. And uh, Disney and Universal were kind enough to sort of let me be on a hiatus, but when I get back, I should be able to step into my stages there. So it's uh, it's kind of like stepping back into a pond without ripples. It's like I never left type of thing. So is, at least I hope so. Knock on wood. Is Broadway something that you will tr actively try to go back to? I will now. Um, I'm a I'm a more seasoned performer. Uh, my life is not as chaotic as it was then. I had uh, elderly parents then who were ill, and that was a lot of my focus as well. Being away, um, I have friends in New York. Uh, I have a whole support group. I know where to live now. I know how to negotiate New York. I didn't before. It was just it was. It was too much at once for me to handle at that particular stage in my life. Um, and now I think I'm actually coming into a, a good point where I'm, I'm viable for Broadway. I, I, I feel like the first one was kind of a fluke, uh, a fluke that I am insanely grateful for. Uh, but it was pure happenstance. And that boat may never come by again. I got one, and that's more than most people get, and I totally understand that. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I feel, I feel like I'll get another crack at it, and that might be incredibly vain or foolish. But even when I left uh, Mamma Mia, I, I felt like I wasn't done in the city. So yeah, nice. If uh, I created a world that looked just like Earth except had no entertainment that at least nothing that paid. Ooh. So nothing you, that paid. You, no entertainment? So there's there's no art, no music, nothing. Oh. I'm a horrible person for doing so. You are a horrible person for that. But uh I've done it and you're in it. So you have to pay your bills. You know, you have to eat just like normal. What job would you do? But people should only do jobs they love. I, I mean, I get I get what you're saying, and I'm I'm trying to answer it, but 
if if there's no art, if there, I mean, that would imply that there's no flowers because flowers are art. I mean, are we living in a fluorescent room? Is <laughs> there has to be beauty in this world, or I'm going to kill myself? Well, and that's the answer. <laughs> it's, all right, fair enough. Uh, but but if, I mean, if we're talking a world where there is natural beauty, but nobody can recreate it. Oh my anyway, god! I'm, this is so much more specific than I. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm very. I'm very specific. Um, I would probably teach, but only smart children that I liked. Or oh no, they'd all be nonfiction. I could live with that. I'd be a librarian. Be a librarian. I'd be a librarian. Right. They don't right. have to be nonfiction, but I could enjoy that. There'd still be words involved. <laughs> or, or I'd, I'd write a dictionary. Interesting. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, good luck to you with the uh, the roles you get coming up, and I'm, I Thank hope you. many more shower upon you. Me as they, too. And that mall jobs are not in your future. Me too, and I hope your horrible fluorescent lit world with no joy never comes to pass. No, no, it shouldn't. <laughs> it's, it's mainly for hypothetical purposes. <laughs> Megan Roney, thank you very much. Anything you want to plug real quick? Websites, YouTube videos, uh, uh, anything? Uh, no, at this point, I I just bought my domain name. I'm very excited, but there's nothing on it yet. So, so look for MeganMaroney.com, so and right at now it will just be nothing. Future. But yeah, when you get bored and... Well, this won't come out for a few weeks. Perfect, I've got time. <laughs> <laughs> so. Living the dream! Huge thank you to Phil Ranton, the Comedy Podcast Network. Original artwork by Tom Burns. Original music by Diana Lawrence. Drop me an email, livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. It's easy, facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. Next week's episode features professional singer, actor, dancer, and magician's assistant, Liz Bailey. Thanks for listening. My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream.